This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, November 14th. I'm Tyler O'Neill. I sat down with Tiffany Justice. She's the co-founder of the leading parental rights group Moms for Liberty. She and I talked about the election results last Tuesday, where 50, that's 5-0, of the school board candidates endorsed by Moms for Liberty won their elections last week. This is a particularly notable victory for Moms for Liberty, but it was also smaller than the number of people that Moms for Liberty endorsed. And so I sat down with Tiffany and she walked me through all the things that Moms for Liberty is doing to enable concerned parents to run for school board, how they're equipping these candidates and why they're up against a Goliath sort of struggle here with the teachers unions, with the amount of money that is flowing through the teachers unions to support teachers union candidates and why, you know, in in an off year election like this year was fewer perhaps than as many as Moms for Liberty wanted to see were able to actually win their elections. But Moms for Liberty is an extremely new organization, and they're just gearing up and they're just getting started. So when somebody like Randy Weingarten celebrates saying that, oh, look, Moms for Liberty is irrelevant, Tiffany Justice told me that they're just getting started. So listen to my interview with Tiffany Justice right after this. So what is going on with Ukraine? What is this deal with the border? How do you feel about school choice? These are the questions that come up to conservatives sitting at parties, at dinner, at family reunions. What do you say when these questions come up? I'm Mark Guiney, the host of the podcast for you, Heritage Explains, brought to you by all of your friends here at the Heritage Foundation. Through the creative use of stories, the knowledge of our super passionate experts, we bring you the most important policy issues of the day and break them down in a way that is understandable. So check out Heritage Explains wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tyler O'Neill, Managing Editor at The Daily Signal. I'm honored to be joined by Tiffany Justice, who was a former school board member and now co-founder of Moms for Liberty, a movement that is really invigorating parental rights across the country. Tiffany, it's so great to have you with us. Happy to join you today, Tyler. Two days off of a, an election, right, here in November 2023. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about that because I think – you know, there's there's this narrative a lot of a lot of media outlets have run with, you know, Moms for Liberty candidates struggle uh, at the ballot box in this election cycle, uh, and I wanted to hear, you know, how you respond to that. I've seen a whole bunch of Moms for Liberty candidates won, and you know that's so. Walk us through what actually happened. Why we have this negative media spin. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So we got 50 people elected to school board on Tuesday, which is really exciting. You know, Moms for Liberty didn't exist three years ago. And uh, so for us to have uh, now 
been able to elect in 2022 and 2023, uh, 365 school board members that are liberty-minded individuals standing up for parental rights, putting the focus back on the basics in American public education, stopping this woke indoctrination that we've been seeing. Um, it's very exciting. So uh, yeah, there's been some interesting media spin. I just did an interview with someone that said that Randy Weingarten said this is a repudiation of everything that Moms for Liberty stands for. And uh, my answer back is those are 50 seats that we wouldn't have won if we didn't exist and uh, that Randy should uh, hold my beer because we're just getting started. Yeah, no, that's a great response. Uh, I was just wondering, you know, we, we saw a lot of results that maybe a lot of conservatives were not very happy with in this in this cycle. Uh, were there things, you know, were there just many school board uh, seats that were up that would have been a harder lift to win in any case? Or is this, you know, I I think focusing on the win is important, but we're we're going through this uh, this period of recriminations right now. And I just wanted to get your take on what the the headwinds were. I think the most important statistic that I took out of uh, the elect this past election cycle was the fact that 83 percent of the candidates had never run for office before that we endorsed. I just want you to think wow. about that for a second. 83 percent. Right. That's an enormous amount of people running for office that have never run for office before. They've never campaigned. And, and largely the people running their campaigns have never run campaigns before. Um, so some things to learn uh, for many on the ground. Uh, we need to help people to run uh, good, solid campaigns to know how to, you know, the, the, there often is a lot of money in these races. So how you spend your money, if you have some, is really important. And where you spend your time. Right. Um, knocking doors, trying to reach the right voters to get them out. So uh, that's something that we've recognized that a lot of these new candidates do not have experience doing, and we are working really hard to support them through Moms for Liberty. Um, we have a new campaign kit that's on our website underneath candidates that anyone can join as a member and download um, to help you to run for local office. But we're uh, also working with a lot of other organizations like Heritage, like the Leadership Institute, um, to help to train people to run for office, but also to run campaigns campaigns. The other takeaway here is money. Uh, the teachers unions spend a lot of money in school board races. This was uh, what you might call an off-cycle election, right? There weren't a lot of big uh, election uh, positions that were on the, the ballot, right? Not a lot of governors or congressional candidates and things, things that might draw people out. Um, so this is really about local politics, local elections, and teachers unions have really run the game on these elections for a very, very long time. So uh, it is a bit of a David and Goliath moment uh, in American politics, but uh, we're really excited because we're getting the word out. And, and so the takeaways are let's teach people how to run campaigns, how to run for office, how to help their friends run for office, but also financially, we need to be able to support these races. And so we have a super PAC and a federal PAC. Um, we're looking at trying to expand uh, the ways that we're able to support candidates through those uh, different options. And what we know, uh, Tyler, is this. In, in Florida, in 2022, when we were able to put just a little bit of money into the races, I think we spent about $50,000 through a political committee in Florida um, in, in 2022, our success rate was 80%. Um, so uh, it's really a learning moment for us in 2020. 23 and we're excited for 2024. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, you know, what is Moms for Liberty doing to combat that 
you know, the behemoth that these teachers unions are. Like I've I've constantly heard, you know, the teachers union candidate gets endorsed, gets all the money. It's almost impossible to defeat them. And now finally we have organizations like Moms for Liberty that are taking, you know, taking the fight to the teachers unions that are holding these people accountable who often have a system in place that keeps them set even when they're not delivering good results for our kids or in many cases pushing ideologies and agendas down our kids' throats that really, you know, conflict with what their parents would want them to learn and what we all thought education was about. Yeah, you have the NEA doing the bidding of the global uh, conglomerates. You have the UNESCO's uh, SDGs, 2030 Sustainable Development Goals. NEA has curriculum that aligns to the SDGs that they're pushing into schools. Um, you know, so this isn't teachers. These are teachers unions. This is doing the bidding of the federal government. Again, as I said, a lot of global interests uh, that would like to change the way that children are, are educated in America. Um, and so every little step that we're taking is important and it counts. And again, we're just getting started. We're learning and growing. We really are a grassroots organization uh, started by two moms and encouraging other moms and dads and community members across America to get involved. And, and my biggest takeaway really, Tyler, is this, you know, how do you know when you have power? Um, you, you know you have power when the people that you're fighting against name you as, your big, as their biggest adversary. And that's what we saw uh, on Tuesday. That's what we really saw yesterday. You know, we are in it to win it. Uh, the union knows that, and they're going to try to do everything they can to kind of silence the voices of parents. They've tried with the NSBA, right, and the DOJ, and the FBI, and the SPLC, um, and Pan America, and all the things, right? They've tr they're trying all the things, and uh, moms and dads don't give up. Nobody is going to fight for anything like a mom or a dad is going to fight for their kids. So when it comes to our children, there is no compromise. Um, and, and, and that's just, you know, that's just the moms for Liberty way, joyful warriors. Is there a story that really captures that joyful warrior mindset? You know, one of these, one of these 50 candidates that you help push over the line, uh, in this election, is there one that, you know, stands out? Would you share one of the stories of these moms or dads who are just so passionate for their kids and education. Yeah, I think the most touching thing that I, I saw was a, a late night video made in, in in her car. Jen Turner, who's our Polk County, Iowa chapter chair, uh, sent a message out to all of her people. And uh, it was late at night. She's sitting in her van and she just said, you know, today was a disappointing day. Uh, that they had lost the races uh, that they were supporting in their county, but that they weren't going to give up. And she reminded all of them of the importance of having their voices heard, of the wonderful work they had done that past year, working with their legislators, creating better policy, right, uh, to safeguard girls' sports and to support parental rights, and reminding them that we needed to keep pushing forward. And so that's, that's really it. That's the message of Moms for Liberty. You know, we're just getting started. We're going to win some races. We're going to lose some races. Of course, we'd like to win all the races. But 50 seats on a school board in a single day uh, is nothing uh, to turn your nose up at. And uh, we certainly aren't going to. And so now we're going to continue our work. We're going to continue growing uh, the chapters. We're going to continue giving better resources and support to members and to other people running for office. We're going to continue uh, trying to fund our, our PAC and our organization to continue to grow. Um, and we're going to keep uh, our, a joyful warrior spirit because our kids are watching us. They're watching how we're doing this advocacy work. 
And every day there's a choice to be made. Am I going to be angry and frustrated and give up? Or am I going to model perseverance and be relentless in the pursuit of defending America and our children? And um, Moms for Liberty, we know what that choice is. It's very clear to us as parents that we need to be good role models for our children and that they're going to inherit the country that we leave them. Uh, So we're going to fight like hell with a smile on our face because we know our kids are watching and it's a privilege to fight for this country. Uh, So we'll continue to do that. Yeah, it's such an important message. I I remember, you know, you spoke with me recently, and thank you for that. Uh, going through the horrific story you went through with your son, uh, forcing the mask on him, and you know, this. Can you speak a little bit to how COVID often was the moment that opened uh, parents' eyes? But there are all these other issues that are important that keep, you know, that we have to keep being vigilant about. Um, even while, you know, a lot of the COVID restrictions have mostly gone away. I mean, there there are some places where they're talking about bringing them back, which I don't understand. Uh, but, yeah, the, the main issues that drive Moms for Liberty, if you would touch a little bit on that. Yeah, I mean, it's it was never about the masks, but it was all about the masks, right? Uh, it's about parental rights. It's about the fact that you as a parent have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of your children. And you mentioned that my son struggled with the mask. I've talked to so many moms um, whose children struggled uh, with forced quarantining and masking and and their inability to have their voice heard. You know, parents got to see behind the education curtain. They got to see all of the indoctrination that was happening uh, with their children in school. Um, They also got to see oftentimes that their children were not doing very well in school, that the A that they thought their child had didn't mean as much as they thought it did, certainly didn't mean what an A meant when they were in school. Um, And so parents became very concerned as they saw that their children weren't writing very well, weren't reading very well, or the level of the curriculum or what their children were, were pursuing and learning about were things that they were very concerned about, and that their parental rights were being violated. And then Tyler, when parents wanted to have their voices heard about anything, no matter what it was, and they came to the school districts and the school boards, they were shut down. The idea that people within the community uh, couldn't go and have their voices heard in front of elected officials. And then there were elected officials and, and in, on the school board that I served, I watched it happen, that elected officials were willing to abdicate their authority to bureaucrats who constituents could not hold accountable for anything. We're talking about departments of health or different people that would serve on committees. And, you know, school board members were all too happy to give their, their decision-making power away to a committee uh, who was going to make recommendations for them and they could just throw up their hands and say, oh, well, you know, we, we got this recommendation and they're saying this is what's in the best interest of kids. And I think I shared with you, you know, we, the superintendent in my district wanted to create a medical committee and he was going to have other people, doctors and some other people making decisions about what was best for kids' health in schools. And I had to remind him, I said, sir, we do not co-parent with the government. Uh, even in my own family, my own, with my own children, I have a pediatrician. That pediatrician makes recommendations to me, and, and, and I as a parent still am responsible and have the right to make that decision. 
And so shutting down the voices of the American people is never going to be the right solution. It only makes people upset. Uh, it, it angers them as it should. Um, and Tina and I really started Moms for Liberty to help parents to be effective advocates so they could have their voices heard, so they could learn who held the authority for the decisions that were being made in their community, in their state, in their country, and then they could work to affect change in that decision-making process. And so um, COVID was difficult, but it was also a blessing. Uh, there is lemonade to be made uh, here. That is the way I have was has always been raised in my own family when I was growing up. Um, and, and the way that we run Moms for Liberty is to look for the opportunities. And uh, the opportunity was there to unify a country around very important issue of parental rights and then to educate them on a lot of other issues that they had questions and concerns about, right? Why is my child being told they could be a boy or a girl or a boy and a girl or not a boy or a girl? Maybe I, I joke sometimes, but still maybe a tree that day if they feel like it. And, you know, parents want to understand, why is that happening? Well, critical theory ha has been laced into every element in our children's day, and queer theory in particular is driving this toxic ideology and turning um, everything that parents would know to be true and right and good on its head. That's the whole point of queer theory. And so educating people on uh, these issues is so incredibly important because they can be more effective advocates. And then they also feel empowered to spread the message, to teach others, and to create change. So, um, you know, we have uh, what I feel is like a winning uh, combination at Moms for Liberty, unify, educate, and empower. We're seeing that change happen every day. And um, again, we're just getting started as far as our involvement in, in uh, local elections and in advocacy work is concerned. And I'm excited for 2024 because uh, we're going to take all the things that we're learning and we're going to turn them into uh, better options and better uh, resources for uh, parents and community members who are running for office. Yeah. No. And I mean, I, I love the way you you went through that because I think it's it's so critical uh, we're not just dealing with people who are top-down bureaucracy and shifting the buck away from them. You know, I, I always was told, you say the buck stops here. You know, if you're the parent, you make the call. If you're the, the superintendent, you're responsible. If you're, you know, the president of the United States, you take responsibility. You don't shift it off. And yet we seem to have this culture of institutions where the institution can take the responsibility from from you and then you can do things that are very unpopular and say, oh, it wasn't me. It was the institution making that decision for me. And I think I think we see that all we see that in Congress. We see that in the White House with the administrative state. And of course, we saw that on steroids with covid. And, you know, my daughter was only a baby at the time. And I'm I'm glad about that because we we had a, to force her to wear a mask when she was a two year old on airplanes for like one or two times maybe, and it was it was horrible. And it was like I can't imagine trying to tell a six or seven or eight year old kid who has all this energy to wear something on their face all day. It's anyway. It's um. <laughs> Yeah, and but. it was unhealthy, and there was no data to support it. You know, masks, uh, I, I mean, honestly, especially the way that kids wear them, you know, maybe an N95 worn properly uh, for the right period of time may mitigate some amount of transmission. But the truth is, these cloth masks that, you know, spent their spent their nights on handlebars of bikes and then would be thrown back on the face <sighs> of the child, and they were wet, and they would fall on the ground, and the kids would eat. I mean, you know, and just the level of ridiculousness, even as adults. I remember uh, being on a plane, and there was someone wearing a mask, 
and um, but they would eat Cheez-Its and they would take <laughs> drinks of Coke. And I was like, oh, I, no one had told me that Cheez-Its were like the magical, you know, prevention for COVID, you know, just keep eating Cheez-Its and you're fine. So, you know, this idea of feeling, feeling safe, you know, at, at the expense of, of, of common sense and what's best for kids is nonsense. American parents uh, are getting back to common sense. It's time for all of us to start saying things that are just common sense. There are men and there are women. Uh, that is common sense. Parents have the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children. Common sense. It is time to start talking more about common sense in America and saying the things that we all kind of assumed everyone believed, but now we need to say them out loud. And then we need to look for the other people that are like, oh yeah, I believe in that. Oh, you too. Great. Let's, let's unify. And then let's work to fix the other areas that we're concerned about in this country. And the only way that we are going to take control back of America uh, from Marxists, um, which, uh, you know, a lot of people who, who maybe, you know, enter into this space and are learning more uh, about what's happening in America. You know, at first you say Marxist and they look for their, you know, tinfoil hat. But the truth of the matter is that we have Marxism on steroids in America and uh, critical theory is tearing our country apart. And you need to look no further than America's universities to see uh, that that fruit, right, where we have uh, students, I call them, you know, uh, in murder parades is what I call them, you know, protesting uh, against Israel and um, supporting, you know, horrors. And, and, and it's just, I think it's waking a lot of people up, Tyler. I think a lot of people are, are standing up and saying, you know, wow, I thought maybe I was a socialist, but I don't stand for that, you know, and, and I know that's happening on college campuses with my daughter's friends and different people uh, talking about how they have been so concerned about what they are seeing on, on these campuses. And so this is a real reckoning point for America. It's, it's a waking up point and people are going to have to start making different decisions and, and understanding that what happens in your local elections matter. Uh, local politics are important. The decisions that school board members make oftentimes are decisions that affect your life uh, in, in a very direct manner, right? You know, if your kids are uh, eating lunch at 930 in the morning, might be because of the bargaining contract. In, in New York City public schools, uh, parents are not allowed to go for in person for back to school night and teacher conferences. Why is that? Hmm. It's because of the bargaining contract. And when you have school boards that are run by unions and union-supported candidates, what you have at the bargaining table basically is the union bargaining against themselves. And you get a lot of what adults want, but not a lot of what kids need. And that's how we get to where we are in America right now. That's how we have 17% of black students, only 21% of Hispanic students, less than 50% of white students reading on grade level in fourth grade, with the vast majority of students being far below basic. There is no future for America within a literate society. Um, you know, I don't want to be the person that has to drive over the bridge that it, uh, a student um, designed who can't, you know, who doesn't know that two plus two equals four. Um, but unfortunately, you know, when you look at, you know, 14 schools in Baltimore City public schools with 0% of kids proficient in math and reading, what future is there for them in that? And so these are hard truths. Uh, you know, they're things that the union and Randy Weingarten would like to hide, uh, but uh, no longer. Uh, Moms for Liberty isn't scared about asking questions. We don't own the harm here. The unions do, but we will place the, the harm on them. I think it's so much more than just a slogan when we say, you know, get back to ABC and get, get away from CRT, because this ideology, you know, the, the, all the time you're talking about oppressors and oppressed groups and this ideology is time you can't be spending 
talking about the basics of education, going through, you know, what, how you do basic math, how you spell words, how you do basic grammar, like how you write. These things that I grew up learning and, you know, I, I thought we were having schools do this. And it was it was quite a wake up call. I mean, I've I've known for a long time about the takeover of the universities, but what happens in the universities doesn't stay in the universities, and it goes everywhere. And you look at the teaching programs that these teachers are graduating from; they're inculcating these ideas and not the basics. And it's 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 criminal. The idea that you're, you know, relegating a third grader to a life of struggle and crime. If kids don't learn to read by third grade, then they can't read to learn in fourth, fifth, and sixth. And there's not reading remediation happening in eighth grade, in ninth grade, in 10th grade, in 11th grade, in 12th grade. And so then you have to explain to me, how do you have 14% of your eighth graders reading proficiently and then have a graduation rate of 85%? How is that possible? And I've said before, if people have listened to me, but I'll say it again, school districts do two things well. They celebrate themselves and they protect themselves. And they oftentimes celebrate themselves in order to protect themselves. So they will find ways to change metrics in order to make it look like they are doing a good job educating students, but they're not. And the people that lose out the most are the children. And we have seen enough failure, enough of children being locked in government schools where parents can't make better decisions for them. Parents deserve to have correct information when they're making decisions for their kids. And in America right now, um, oftentimes parents aren't being trusted and aren't being given the right information, the correct information to make the best decision for their child. And that's going to change. And Moms for Liberty, if we're the tip of the spear and they want to call us names, I mean, I've seen so many names. We have the best political cartoons. I think single-handedly Moms for Liberty is bringing back political cartoons, which is fine with me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, call us every name in the book if you want to. It's not going to stop us. You know, again, you know, we are just getting started. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Tiffany, uh, where can people find you, uh, find those important resources, and help the movement? Yeah, find the moms and dads in your area, the community members in your area that have start, have started Moms for Liberty chapters. Go to momsforliberty.org. There's a big map there. You click on your state, and you'll get a drop-down menu that shows you where we have chapters. We're set up by county. If we do not have a chapter in your county, click to start one. Start finding out what it's going to take. Learn a little bit. You have to find 10 like-minded people. Maybe you're not going to be the chapter chair. Maybe you'll be the secretary or the treasurer. Maybe it's someone in your family or someone you know that you think might be a great chapter chair. But the question we all need to start asking ourselves as, as Americans is, why not me? Why not you? Why aren't you running for your office? Why aren't you starting a chapter? How are you going to get involved to help us save America? And the time is now to do that. Thank you so much, Tiffany. And uh, congratulations on those 50 wins. Thank you very much. And that was Tiffany Justice speaking with me, Tyler O'Neill. If you liked what you heard here, please feel free to leave a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. And remember to come back to this very podcast feed at 5 p.m. this afternoon, where we'll be going through the top news of the day. We're breaking down the headlines for your evening commute. So again, leave a review, we read your feedback, and also tune back in at 5 for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. 
Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.